It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. On a Thursday morning here at Wax, and spring hasn't sprung yet, if you look outside. Bob and Joe with you here on Wax. It's chore time at the shank of the day, and some places it's a little more shankier than others because Mother Nature gave us a, another little uh dusting not even covering the ground here i don't know what it's like where you're at but not even covering the ground here but i'm sure the roads might be a little slippery what was the condition of the roads coming in from the welke land and cattle company down there in osseo well it was snow covered and slippery i decided to not take the interstate today because you know sometimes that interstate's a little bit dicey yeah well yesterday i went over to university of wisconsin river falls to talk to dean dale gallenberg our Saturday morning FFA program, you know, twice a year we have, uh, other than high schools, we have River Falls on one week and CVTC on the other week, and otherwise it's all high schools, and going over there, and I always leave early, heading west towards the Twin Cities on the interstate, because anytime there's any indication of weather that's not absolutely perfect, there'll be some dope that'll cause a problem, and sure enough, I got over by Wilson and that part of the country, actually sat at a dead stop for about 10 minutes and again then we got going again but it always happens there's always somebody out there so again it was i don't know two guys in a car i don't know who they were but they got all twisted around and slopped stop traffic but uh hopefully nobody got hurt but they got it cleared off uh, they did a good job clearing it off i guess because when I got to wherever the spot was, it was clear. But, boy, be careful this morning because there is precipitation falling in some areas out there. And the snow will be ending, and uh, then it'll turn mostly cloudy. It'll get about 38 today, and then tomorrow it's going to get up to about 49. It's later in the day it'll start clearing out. should be mostly sunny tomorrow. Won't that be a wonderful experience? And 49, good day to have calves. What's the calf count? We are holding steady at 36. None yesterday. None yesterday. But it gives me a little chance to let them, you know, kind of catch up and watch them. Get some clean bedding in there and everything else. So uh, that's good. And we'll get, again, about 38. We're 33 right now. Well, a big crop report comes out about 11 o'clock this morning. Everybody's anticipating this one because it will be the planting intentions report. That'll come out about 11 o'clock this morning. What, 92 million acres of corn and 88, 89 million acres of soybeans. That's what the grain traders are expecting. We'll see what USDA economists come up with. Because of the situation in Ukraine, input costs and other factors that are involved in farming this year. Every year it's something different. We've got an update on, uh, well, at least one dairy breakfast around the area. And again, a reminder for farmers in Chippewa County, if you think you might want to host Farm Technology Days in the summer of 2024, get your application. Those applications are available at the Chippewa Economic Development Corporation, not the Extension Service anymore. They changed the Extension Service, so it's, uh, well, unfortunately for our local extension agents, uh, it's just uh, not as <laughs> not what it used to be. Let's put it that way before uh, we talk more about that. But again, the Extension Service not really involved in Farm Technology Days at all anymore, which is hard to believe in Wisconsin, but uh, that's the way it is. Well, as far as our weather is concerned, let's take a little bit more of a look at it. Courtesy of Markwart Motors. Don't forget, Markwart Motors has the area's largest pre-owned inventory with pre-owned selections arriving daily. Check them out on the lot or at markwartmotors.com. And again, some precipitation falling, just isolated snow flurries. Nothing much more than that from the reports we've gotten. A little breezy out of the north, mostly cloudy, but then clearing later in the day. Mostly sunny tomorrow, 38 today, 49 tomorrow. Saturday, chance of rain early and then some sun later on in the afternoon. It'll get about 49. When are we going to get to 50? Looks like on Tuesday and maybe a few more showers. And we'll be having another travel show, interactive travel show on your computer coming up. Supposed to have one the other day, but uh, things got a little messed up, as they can with modern technology. But uh, again, other things we're going to see. We're going to see DACA, one of the prison camps of Hitler, extermination camps. We're also going to see Hitler's eagle's nest, so a lot of things we're going to see while we're in Europe this summer, August 1st through the 9th. Again, 
Call Holiday Vacations. Get a free brochure. Get all the information on the watch and the travel site. A little tour discount. 33 degrees. We'll get about 38 today. And this little stuff that's fallen now, that'll gradually end by uh, later on this morning and early this afternoon. It's 5 o'clock. This is 104.5 FM WAXX Eau Claire. Here's some news. NBC News Radio. I'm Mark Mayfield. President Biden is sending another $500 million to help Ukraine fight for its freedom. He spoke with the country's leader, who again called for more weapons, but was thankful to also get $1 billion in new humanitarian aid. Both men agree they don't buy Russia's promise to pull back troops from two cities. The U.S. believes fewer than 20% have been removed. Others say they only return to Russia or Belarus to resupply. The White House calls the Russian invasion of Ukraine a strategic blunder. That has left Russia weaker over the long term and increasingly isolated on the world stage. Communications Director Kate Bedingfield was pressed about U.S. intelligence, saying Russian President Vladimir Putin has been misinformed about how his military is performing in Ukraine. She said Putin's actions are weakening Russia. More than 55,000 people in Alabama are without power right now. Several counties are bracing for possible tornadoes overnight after at least one touched down, damaging a college. The storm also left a trail of damage in Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, and Arkansas. Some schools in Florida canceled classes for today as severe weather continues to move through with rain, hail, and winds of up to 75 miles per hour. Michelle Obama calls the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act a chance to reckon with our history. Brian Shook has more. President Biden signed the measure into law Tuesday that designates lynching as a federal hate crime. The former first lady wrote in a tweet that the law could allow the U.S. to move in a new direction that would make the country safer and more just. Michelle Obama wrote that as a black person, the landmark passage evokes many different emotions for her. I'm Brian Shook. And Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach Bruce Arians is retiring. The 69-year-old is taking on a front office role with the team, effective immediately as senior consultant for football. Arians has spent 47 years coaching and became a head coach for the first time in his career in 2013 when he joined the Arizona Cardinals. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, a quick look at our weather forecast. Got a few flurries flying around, maybe a little snizzle, as our buddy Mike Dandry over in the weather room calls it. But uh, that will be ending, and then it'll be mostly cloudy later on today, even start to clear later and overnight. 38 today, tomorrow mostly sunny, high about 49, and then 49 again on Saturday. Chance of some rain showers early, maybe a little clearing later on. Then 48 on Sunday, 47 on Monday, 50 on Tuesday with a chance of showers in that forecast on Tuesday. Medford's at 27 right now. Rice Lake's at 34. 30 in Wausau and Marshfield with some precipitation falling that way. 34 and across, 33 in Green Bay. Madison, Sun Prairie, cloudy in 34. It's 36 with some rain in Milwaukee and right here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area right now, 33 degrees. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. As the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin, Rural Mutual Insurance is rewarding their farm policyholders for their loyalty and commitment to Wisconsin agriculture through their farm dividend program. The farm dividend pays up to 5% back on your farm premium. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn how you could qualify. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Keep it at Rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Rural Mutual Insurance bringing us our Thursday morning look at the markets. And let's get at it. Jill, the livestock numbers. Choice fed beef steers are 132 to 142 with mixed at 115 to 130. Choice fed beef heifers are 130 to 142 with mixed at 115 to 129. Choice fed Holstein steers are 123 to 130 with selects at 106 to 122. Cows are 61 to 77 with a top of 95. Bulls are 75 to 114 with butcher hogs at 73 to 88. Sows are 69 to 75 with boars at 20 to 34. New crop market lambs are 175 to 195 and feeder lambs are 240 to 340. At the Mercantile Exchange, livestock futures mostly lower. 
We had uh, the April live cattle contract closing at 147.17. That's down 72. June at 138 even. That's uh, down 47 cents. August closed on the live cattle at 138.55, and that was up two cents, but that was only up market yesterday. October cattle 144.82. That was down two. Feeder cattle for April, 163.67, down 67. May at 168.90, down a half a dollar. August, 180.20, down a dollar 20. September, 182.45, down a dollar 15. Lead hog carcass contracts lower. April closed, 104.52, down a dollar 52. May at 117 even, that was down a dollar 77. June hogs down 40 cents at 124.22, and July down 35 at 123.87. On the Board of Trade yesterday, the markets ended up being higher. Supposed deal, and again, supposed in quotation marks, underlined, and everything else, because uh, dealing with the Russians, you don't know what was reality and what's not. But a supposed deal to withdraw some Russian troops around Kiev, the capital city. Is that happening or not? Uh, at least heard in the news, or is that just going back to restock? But uh, prices were higher on that hopeful news yesterday, but uh, overnight a little more cynical. July corn down a fraction in the overnight trade at 719 a bushel. The oats down 15 at 672. The wheat down uh, down a fraction at 1022 on the July contract. And soybeans down 3 cents, sitting at 1639 this morning. Meal up 90 cents, 467.80. Barrel cheese down three cents, two sixteen. The blocks up a penny at two eighteen, and the butter down a half a cent at two seventy one and a quarter. March class three coming off the board at twenty two forty five. April class three up seventeen at twenty three forty six. May up forty at twenty three ninety. June up twenty one at twenty three seventy three, and July up twenty four at twenty three sixty four. So that's the way the markets look early this morning. Brought to you by the folks at Rural Mutual Insurance. It's nine and a half minutes after five o'clock at Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Spring planning. I hope you're ready to go. We've got some tips for you this morning on our Alcivia Co-op Talk program. Justin Travis is joining us, agronomy account manager with Alcivia out of the Kings Valley facility. And uh, Justin, I guess... Probably we should start in the machine shed making sure the equipment is ready for planting, right? What What's the recommendation? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, now before the wheels start turning out in the field, we want to check that planter over, you know, get our seed meters tested and make sure that we're going to get the accuracy and the singulation that we want uh, in the field, which is going to allow for our, you know, desired populations and such, and replace those wear parts on that planter that make us have the best the best stand possible when it is uh, come planting time there. And once we get the seed in the ground, of course, we want the planter working, right? So we get the populations we're looking for and evenness of the emergence of the crop. What are the recommendations there and the, the way to get the proper performance? We want our crop to all come up at about that same time. So if you take corn, for example, you know, if we get a a plant that is a leaf stage behind its neighboring plants, that plant is only going to yield about 80% of what its neighbors will. Or if it's two leaf stages behind, uh, you know, at best it's probably only going to yield about 50% of its neighbors. So we all want to shoot for getting those plants out of the ground about that same time, you know, within 24 to 48 hours to maximize our yield potential. And, of course, uh, soil types, uh, tillage practices, and, of course, that planter performing right will make sure we get there for that, right? Absolutely. I mean, we got to make sure that, you know, our seeding depth is correct, that we get good row closure at planting time. You know, we want to manage our residue accordingly, especially if we're planting into that corn stubble, a high high residue uh, type of scenario there to get our desired population. And, of course, we get the desired population and hopefully we've got evenness of emergence. How do we evaluate that, the, the strength of the varieties and the evenness of emergence? Because those variety selections are so important. That's really where it's nice, you know, if you've got some split planter or, you know, different varieties on the farm or a plot even, um, that you can get out and take your stand counts to compare those varieties against one another and even look at the different, uh, you know, tillage type systems, you know, look at, 
how those plants or how those varieties performed in a no-till or minimum till setting uh, versus you know conventional tillage um, and how strong of emergence we're seeing. And hopefully we're going to have a, a good spring here so we can plant and get good emergence. But as we go into the season, we check all the things we want to check, like the population and the evenness of the emergence. Then we got to really do some troubleshooting. When do we start looking for things like insect pressures and dealing with those if they appear? As soon as that seed in the, the seed is in the ground, um, we we have to think about you know some of our insect and disease pressure, those seedling diseases. So, you know, as we're out taking those stand counts, it's a good time you know to look for you know what the overall condition of that plant is. You know, say for example, in corn, we see some plants that are flopped over on the ground. You know, we may have a cutworm issue that we need to address and get an insecticide application out there as soon as possible but you know just looking at that overall plant condition you know sometimes we can identify you know is there a nutrition shortage are those seedling diseases having an effect on those uh, plants or was there other you know some other type of injury whether it's from mother nature or uh, herbicide application or something that's that's holding those plants back a lot of times too if we we see some issues um you know it's time to get the shovel out and start digging and we can identify you know what is causing a lot of those issues you know whether it is some below ground insect or disease pressure or maybe even some compaction at planting that's giving us some trouble justin travis our guest agronomy account manager with alcivia cooperative headquartered at the king's valley facility and uh, justin you say we i would assume if farmers go out and walk their fields and find some of these problems it helps to call an agronomist like yourself from alcivia to come out and help diagnose these problems and the remedy right exactly yep never hurts to get a second set of eyes on something and and see, you know, if there's some corrective action that needs to be taken. As an agronomist, are you getting excited or getting anxious for spring planting? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> always brings promise of green fields and warmer weather. It's, it always gets a guy ready for spring. It certainly does, and hopefully it's not too far away. So, again, with your cropping program, be prepared, as Justin tells us. Justin Travis, Agronomy Account Manager with Alcivia on our Alcivia Co-op Talk program. For more information, call your local Alcivia facility or go to alcivia.com. And with our Alcivia Co-op Talk program this morning, I'm Bob Bosold. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 16 minutes after 5 o'clock. Again, 33 degrees. And again, be careful. We've had some stuff falling overnight. Some of the roads in some spots might be a little slippery. And I think it's still falling in some places. And not to create any kind of major problems. But it'll end later on. And uh, partly cloudy and clearing sunny tomorrow. Farm News. Jill, what's happening? Well, I'm going to take a look into the summertime. Many groups around Wisconsin are busy making preparations to bring back their face-to-face June Dairy Month breakfast and other celebrations. But at least one of our area June Dairy breakfasts will not be coming back. Officials at the Eau Claire Area Chamber of Commerce say they will no longer sponsor it and put on breakfast in the valley in Eau Claire. But they do say there will be another June Dairy Month activity, but at this time they haven't revealed what that might be. Meanwhile, planning is moving forward on the Farm Technology Days in 2024 in Chippewa County. One of the first jobs is finding a host farm for the summer show. Those applications for interested farmers are now available online. They can be downloaded from the website at Chippewa Economic Development Corporation. Chippewa Economic Development Corporation. Those applications need to be filled out and returned by April 29th. The State Farm Technology Days Committee will meet on April 6th in Madison to vote on whether the 2024 show will be June or August since the Chippewa County calendar is way too full in July to host the show during their traditional time frame. At 11 o'clock this morning, the USDA will release its prospective plantings report. The war in Ukraine higher With the war in Ukraine, higher input costs and higher commodity prices 
have grain traders and others on edge over what USDA economists are expecting this spring. Most traders think the numbers will be around 92 million acres planted to corn, just under 90 million for soybeans, and about 48 million acres going for wheat and production. All right, and uh, we'll take a look at that after 11 o'clock this morning, our time. When it is released, will be interesting numbers. And coming up, calf management and nutrition. You better pay attention to this with 36 of those new little rascals on the ground. I will pay attention, definitely. Uh, all right, and uh, her nephew Aaron Zimmerman uh, did this program with Dr. Robert James talking about calf management and nutrition. And we're going to talk about that coming up next. But again, if you're in the beef business, you'll be interested in this. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We're here in March and our weather seems to be going up and down and we have the cold, we have the warm. And that sometimes praises havoc on raising calves. And this is Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn. Aaron had the opportunity to talk to somebody about calf management and nutrition. Yeah, that's right, Jill. And there really is a lot of detail that goes into properly managing and caring for calves to make sure that dairy operations around the state are productive and profitable. Aaron Zimmerman here from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And I had the chance to talk with Dr. Robert James. He's Professor Emeritus in Dairy Science from Virginia Tech and was one of the presenters at the recent PDPW Business Conference. He, along with others, has done a lot of research into what makes raising calves successful. And he's found that even though there are some things that dairy producers are used to doing or have done for quite a long time, there may be some even better ways to do things that can benefit the calf long term. He looks at everything from nutrition to housing and anything else that affects that calf's well-being and health. Well, I think that the big thing that a lot of times we, we fail to realize is we're making an initial investment but we're not seeing a whole lot of that return for two years. And that, that's probably one of the hardest things we have uh, to get around. And so we need to, we know that investing in a better facility and better nutrition means a calf that's going to grow better and hopefully have less respiratory digestive disease so that when they get to be a cow, hopefully they're calving a little bit sooner at a younger age, but also making more milk. You know, and I, I think you've got some great examples of, you know, of farms that, that really show that in practice. Definitely. And, you know, talking to that nutrition point, one thing you bring up is, you know, there are some things that have obviously changed over time and, and some things that maybe were common practice before that maybe don't work so well. Maybe, you know, manipulating feeding times, feeding amounts, those kind of things. Let's talk a little bit about that and some of the things you've experienced looking at those kind of things. Well, I know. And I used to raise some elite pedigree jerseys at home and I always fed two quarts twice a day, you know, and that's just because that's what everybody did. My wife always used to give me a hard time and say I was underfeeding my calves. I said, ah, you know. And as I say, we did a research project where we developed the, the Jersey Blend milk replacer. And, and I got to look at those calves where we fed two quarts twice a day of a 2020 milk replacer. And then I looked at feeding whole milk or a milk replacer that tried to mimic whole milk. And I looked at the growth and the body composition of these calves, and I thought, wow, you know, we really missed the boat. And then you start thinking about normal biology and how we care for human babies, how beef cattle raise their, their calves, and how horses raise their, their foals and say, why do we do what we do with, with dairy? Well, we do it because it was cheap and because it minimized the amount of labor that we had. And that's not the right deal. So, you know, we know we need to make that investment. But it's going to pay some pretty big dividends. And, uh, you know, as I say, we take care of the babies and they become a better cow. Well, and you mentioned, you know, looking at the way we feed them, but also you mentioned, too, the quality of what we feed, you know, yeah. to calves really plays into how they grow and sure. how they're going to perform later. Yeah, and I think the, the message there is I want consistent, high quality. And if you make the decision that you want to feed whole milk, that's fine, uh, because we know that it's high in protein, it's high in fat, uh, it's very digestible. The key point there is how do we maintain that quality from the time we milk that animal until the time it gets into the calf's mouth 
And there's where the challenges arise on the farm, is how do we do that successfully? And, and I think that's the, that's the challenge. And then I need facilities for, and now how am I going to move that, that milk from where I milk the cow to storage for where I have the calf and maintaining that quality? And, and that's a challenge on a lot of people. And, and to manage it, we need to be monitoring uh, bacteria counts. We need to be monitoring total solids on that milk. And so, you know, the option is feeding milk replacer, which a lot of people, some people don't like as much. And I think historically we've fed it a, you know, the old good old 2020, or now we may feed a higher level of protein. We do know that optimum lean tissue growth happens at somewhere, somewhere between 24 and 28% protein if we're feeding lots of solids. And then you look at the fat, and the fat on some of these milk replacers will run anywhere from 10 to, well, to 25%, but a lot of them are lower in fat. Well, one of the reasons is that it's cheaper, which we're concerned about. The other one is that uh, we're worried about it delay in starter intake, and I think that, that our research documents that very well. And I think the point that I made is is really trying to foster very early rumen development one of our goals and my goals are to grow a good calf and uh, we talked today about uh, about the different behavior of calves raised individually versus in groups you know and what i've seen is on the group house calves uh, they'll start eating starter earlier they'll eat a whole lot more of it and and uh um and then i can you know, I, I want to feed a lot of milk early, and then we'll start backing them off. But I think the key message, is I want to get a lot of liquid nutrition into that calf that first four weeks of life. When they're, I don't care what we're doing, they're not eating very much calf starter. For sure. Well, and I'm glad you brought up, you know, that point about, you said there's some cost things that are always a worry, you know, when it comes to milk replacer, because milk replacer is not cheap. And some people are worried about, well, let's get them on starter quicker, you know, and reduce our costs. But you say sometimes, honestly, in the end, you may end up, you know, not coming out ahead if you're trying to do that. Well, yeah, I think that, and let's talk a little bit about milk. And a lot of people don't see the cost of milk because it's not coming directly out of their pocket okay and and I, i've seen that time and again where we may use waste milk and we know how much waste milk we have well if we don't have enough then we start pulling milk out of the tank and it doesn't show up as a cost i'm not writing a check you know when the when the pallet of milk replacer comes and i write the check for that you go oh my goodness and, and my comment to dairies okay you need to write down all the milk that from the farm that you feed and that needs to go into your expenses it's it's a non-cash expense but it's affecting your income and i think the important my important message is i want to get as much milk into a calf during the first month of life as i can now i I don't want to do that for eight weeks because that will bankrupt me okay and yes i'll have huge beautiful calves but is that going to mean more money in my pocket when they freshen and maybe not um, my experience with, you know, quite frankly, with working with the automatic calf feeders is I can get more milk into these calves um, if I have a good, strong, vigorous calf when I bring them on early in life and back them off a little bit in milk uh, or milk replacer. And this stimulates starter intake because now at 30 days of age, I've got a bigger, more vigorous calf. Hey, they're ready to go. And then when I back them off on that that milk they they're looking for the starter and and the other one is then i can wean them more gradually so that um when they're weaned we don't have this slump and we've we've heard all about the the negatives about feeding more milk oh when i wean them they lose all that weight when i wean them and i've just lost all that gain yeah that's true because we've gone from a high level of milk feeding to all of a sudden farms, because of simplicity, we'll feed them once a day. Oh my gosh, that's tragic to this calf. <clears throat> and they're not too happy. And, and so it takes them a week, two, three weeks to really get back up on their feet again. And again, that's Dr. Robert James. He was uh, from Virginia, he is from Virginia Tech, and he was at uh, PDPW again with that uh, calf management, calf management and nutrition. All right, we got uh, 29 minutes after 5 o'clock. We got to get some markets. That means Rocky's going to join us from Premier Livestock in with you next. 
Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's time for us to rock on. Rocky Olson joins us for over at Premier Livestock this morning. Good morning, Rocky. Good morning. Well, you stuck your head out the door. Are you getting some sleet or snow or some garbage this morning? It don't look like it's doing nothing now, and I'm just guessing looking out there maybe a half inch. But right. uh, like I said, I guess I'd rather have a... Rather have a little snow than that ice, anyway. Well, you got that right. Well, we're Thursday already. How have things progressed at Premier Livestock so far this week? Uh, thank you, Bob. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, this is how the uh, dairy cattle auction shaped up yesterday here at Premier. Uh, dairy cattle market very, very strong yesterday. Auction featured a good tie stall herd, um, uh, several groups of reputation parlor free stall cows, uh, lots of fancy young cows. Uh, top fresh cows brought 1,900 all the way up to 2750 uh, Probably had 100 cows over $2,000. Many other good cows, 1300 to 1875 We sold many excellent, excellent quality springing heifers from 1600 to 2200 the lesser quality cows and springing heifers very few 1300 and down next week on wednesday we got a complete uh, parlor freestall herd of 85 holstein cows uh, we have another herd of 55 holstein ties stall cows uh, several top groups of parlor freestall cows and a nice run of springers uh, we also got some really nice uh, registered holstein bulls uh, two different consigners and they're all sandy valley bulls. Um, they're going to be uh, some cow-sized bulls, and we're going to have another load of them uh, registered yearlings from Sandy Valley. All the catalogs and all these registered bulls are on our website. Uh, check that out. Also next week will be our special feeder cattle auction and bred beef cow auction. Uh, like I said, that'll be next Tuesday, 11 o'clock a.m. Call in those consignments. Uh, we'll have another auction reminder. Uh, we are going to have our next machinery auction for sure here in June. Uh, if you have any machinery auctions, uh, get machinery to sell for auction uh give us a call at premier 715-229-2500 lots more detailed information on our website at premier livestock and com. don't uh, forget to visit our uh, premier livestock uh facebook page as well and that's the way it's shaped up bob all right and tomorrow will be a lot quieter around the sale barn than it was last friday it will be it definitely will be so <laughs> Right. We, always look, we always look forward to those days, that's for sure. But be careful. You know what tomorrow is. What's, what's tomorrow? What's tomorrow? April 1st, my boy. Oh, boy. Okay. I am going to be prepared for that now you say it. There you go. All right, Rocky, have a good one. You too. Thank you. All right, there goes Rocky over there at Premier Livestock in the Withy area taking a look at uh, our market information from his sale barn. Well, let's find out what the weather's going to be if you're taking cattle to market or whatever the case may be. A little tricky in some spots this morning. Mike Dandry is over at Skywarn 13 in the weather room. Morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. How widespread is this? stuff bed is all over the state hasn't it pretty much well yeah it's been heavier towards the eastern part of the state especially they're looking at some rain showers and some uh, heavy snow showers as well out by green bay rhinelander area and uh those are expected to last for the next couple of hours so if you're heading out that way uh certainly want to take that uh take precautions for that and if you're heading farther south than that be careful i'll tell you People say, oh, how can you live in Wisconsin? It gets 20, 30 below. And I said, how can you live in Tennessee and places like that where you get 150-mile-an-hour winds about four or five times a year and blows you away? Yeah, and something that I was kind of uh, talking about earlier, I wanted uh, people, if they have, because pa- uh, Panama City Beach is a rather popular uh, spring break destination, and it is that time of year. Well, they just had a tornado warning uh, earlier this morning as well. So uh, if you do have any family or friends down that way, maybe want to check on them because uh, it's been it's been pretty bad over the last couple of weeks down that way as well. But uh, for us, I mean, today we'll have uh, we've been sitting on the cold side of this rather large system, and so really just going to have some cold temperatures, some patchy flurries, and maybe some freezing drizzle, but otherwise cloudy uh, throughout the morning. And temperatures getting only into about the upper 30s, so still well below average. But we'll have some breaks in the clouds later on, and uh, maybe give us some peaks of sunshine uh, before the sun sets. But those clear conditions later tonight will allow our temperatures to dip into the low to mid 20s. Tomorrow, though, starting off with mostly sunny conditions and temperatures will warm up into the upper 40s, right along where we should be for this time of year. But then some clouds move back in going into tomorrow afternoon and into the evening with a chance of some showers as well. That'll linger into Saturday morning. And then we'll have uh, mostly partly 
uh, partly to mostly cloudy conditions going into the afternoon with highs getting near 50 degrees once again and then clouds clear out. It's pretty much just an up and down trend of clouds and then clear, clouds and then clear because we'll have clear conditions Saturday night as lows dip into the upper 20s and sunny conditions for your Sunday back into the upper 40s. Right now in Eau Claire, just some light flurries with overcast conditions sitting right at the freezing point, 32 degrees. Well, one thing, we should have some April flowers with the March uh showers <laughs> one would hope but uh, would... going into the middle of next week looks like it might cool it back off with some chances for rain again all right well we'll deal with it it is wisconsin <laughs> but at least we don't have to spend a whole lot of time hunching around in the basement uh, watching it, the storms go over exactly and we don't have to uh we don't have to shovel any snow right now no not a bit <laughs> thanks mike thanks bob mike dandry over there in the weather room at Skywarns 13 this morning we are right now about uh, 23 minutes before 6 o'clock. We're going to check in with Morgan next. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And she's ready to go, as always. That means Morgan has the news over there in the newsroom. Good morning, ma'am. Hey, good morning, Bob. We can make that happen for you. All right. We'll head into it. What's going on? We can start with headlines and a search for suspects that continues. Good morning. Here's what we're learning today. Authorities are searching for two drivers who are accused of killing a Twin Cities man in a hit-and-run crash in River Falls. The St. Croix County Sheriff's Office released surveillance photos yesterday yesterday of the suspects, allegedly those who struck and killed the 27-year-old from Ramsey earlier in March. Photos show vehicles heading south on Main Street in River Falls. More info online with a click at 715newsroom.com. In news and headlines that brings us closer to our area, a sex offender is being released to the Menominee area and authorities are giving us more information. 715 Newsroom coverage with John DeMaster gives us details. The Dunn County Sheriff's Office yesterday said Brian Thibodeau was released on Tuesday. And will be living at a home on 463rd Street. Thibodeau served time for second-degree sexual assault of a child and other charges. In addition to remaining on the state's sex offender list, he must abide by a series of restrictions while living in Menominee. I'm John DeMaster. Well, voters who want to cast a ballot early are running out of time. Wisconsin Elections Commission did send a reminder to voters about the timeline for next week's election, saying Sunday is the last day for that in-person absentee voting. Your alma mater, UW-Madison, now named one of the top family medicine programs in the country, Bob. U.S. News & World Report says Wisconsin is fifth on the list for best family medicine programs, and it also ranked high for research medical schools and primary care. And get ready to walk the midway if you're trying to win a goldfish or maybe see some of those upgrades in the barn. They're getting closer. 80% to that fundraising goal is the latest from manager Rusty Volk, saying the fundraising campaign is going extremely well. The plan there is to modernize and improve barns and other buildings on the fairgrounds. And from here in our local 715newsroom.com, where it's always kind of a circus, I'm Morgan McCarthy, and now you are up to date on Wax 104.5. I wonder what the record is for anybody that got one of those little plastic bag goldfish. Oh, man. Of how long, who's kept it alive the longest? I have a theory. They either die on the way home or they live forever. It's one of those. They're just hardy from being out there. My sister and I had one that got so big we had to move it from the jar to the tank. Really? Yeah, really? when I was younger. So Well, good for you. Yeah, I know. And it didn't make it to the Friday fish fry table, <laughs> but it, it did oh, yeah, stay tough. around for a while. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I talked to Rusty, Rusty Volk from the fairgrounds. He was in here the other day, and I, I've got a packet of all the plans and the design of the building, and it really looks like a, a slick operation. I'm going to catch up with Rusty, and we'll talk about it as far as, you know, they're going to be a building that will be used for a lot of different things besides the livestock barns and uh, upgrading. You know, you go to the fair, you always saw that the big water puddle where the mm-hmm. kids wash the animals between the buildings and That'll be gone. They get uh, all kinds of things going on, but a lot of good local people. And I saw the blueprints for that as well, and uh, Rusty showed me where they were going to put the throne at the egg barn for yeah. you to sit up there, right? Yeah. yeah. It says men on the door. That's, uh-huh. that's where that throne will be. You're going to need bigger galoshes, my friend. <laughs> I think so and too. a shovel. But it'll be it'll be nice after this fair, after the fair this summer, mm-hmm. they're coming in and going to start, and what, uh, they're going to put the concrete down and 
Work yeah. all winter long. Yeah, the fundraising goals are just about there. So they said those plans are sooner than later, which is nice to see. The fair is a lot of everybody's yeah. summer plans. So. Yeah, Rusty's been working hard on it, that's for sure. Yeah, and he doesn't slow down, that's no, for sure. Every time you see him, he's a hard man to catch up with. But he caught up with some very, very good people in Chippewa County, and we'll reveal who those people are that have contributed more than you and I can contribute. Let's just put it that way. Absolutely. Build buildings. So, again, we appreciate all that. We'll get more on that as we go forward. Absolutely. Happy to hear it. All right. And we'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Sounds like a plan, my friend. There she goes. That's Morgan in the newsroom this morning. Speaking of news, we've got uh, more farm news to look at. Uh, this war in Ukraine, I don't care what area of the economy you're involved in, this war in the Ukraine is affecting it. Uh, talk about that, Jill. Some major agricultural companies are adjusting how they do business with Russia because of their unprovoked attacks on Ukraine. John Deere has stopped all shipments to Russia and Belarus in protest of the war and over concern for their employees in that part of the world. No word on what John Deere will do with its two manufacturing plants in Russia. Pioneer, now part of Corteva AgriSciences, has announced that they are suspending new commercial sales activities to Russia and its allies, but they said it will work to make sure Ukraine has all the product it needs for this year's growing season. And Vermeer Corporation, a major manufacturer of balers and other farm equipment, has also announced it has paused all shipments of parts and machines to Russia and Belarus. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I don't know what John Deere, I know they've got those manufacturing plants there, and uh, I think one of them is around Kiev, so we'll see what uh, what they're doing. But they said they're very worried about their employees, and uh, employees come first. So companies are doing due diligence as far as uh, this uh, needless, senseless, stupid war in Ukraine brought on by Putin. Well, we do have some other things. Let's get to some calendar before we get to markets. About 17 minutes before 6 o'clock. Uh, got a meal coming up this weekend, don't we? So, yeah, over in Auburndale, right? Over in Auburndale. It's a steak feed, and it's sponsored by the Auburndale, Auburndale Lions Club. And it's going to be on Saturday at 4 o'clock at the Auburndale Shelter House. And so if you're hungry for steak, head on over to Auburndale. Ah, it should be, should be a good one. And uh, Saturday, be 49, 50 degrees, so uh should be a good day over at the Shelter House in Auburndale. What else uh, coming up? Oh, one, one thing I want to remind you again, we talked about it earlier, but farmers in Chippewa County, if you think you want to host Farm Technology Days in the summer of 2024, get your application, get it online. Chippewa Economic Development Corporation is handling it all. Remember, years for years and years and years, it was the Extension Service. The Extension Service, the people that started Farm Progress Days, now Farm Technology Days, and now they have backed out. These are the people in, in Madison, not their local county agents. These are the people in Madison that have backed out. So uh, Farm Tech Days is moving on, and in Chippewa County, the Chippewa Economic Development Corporation has taken the lead. Charlie Walker and his gang up there going to do a bang-up job of getting this show on. They're very involved, and so go with the Chippewa Economic Development Corporation and get your application, get it filled out and back by April 29th. What else is going on? Anything else? Oh, yeah. If you want to go to have breakfast in Osseo, you can go have French toast and eggs on Sunday morning from 7.30 to noon in support of the Osseo baseball, and that's at the high school. All right, and uh, so we shouldn't get hungry this weekend. Shouldn't get hungry and shouldn't have to cook. There you go. All right, and uh, we'll see if we've got more things coming up, but uh, we knew we've got markets coming up. It's a uh, quarter to six, and we've got to get to markets. Let's go to the equity baron barn, and Amber tells us what happened yesterday. Fed cattle choice beef steers and heifers sold from a dollar twenty to a dollar thirty-one. High yielding choice Holstein steers sold from a dollar twenty to a dollar twenty-six. Choice Holstein steers sold from a dollar eight to a dollar nineteen. Unfinished steers and heifers sold from a dollar seven and down. Cow cows, the top twenty percent sold from eighty-one to eighty-six fifty, topping out at ninety-two fifty. Sixty percent sold from sixty-two to eighty, and the bottom twenty percent sold from sixty-one and down. Calves quality Holstein bull calves sold from. 70 to 182, topping out at 197.50. Beef calves sold from 150 to 305. Our next sheep and goat and small animal sale is April 16th at 10 a.m. We are also having a horse and tax sale May 13th at 5 p.m. If you have any questions, please contact Al at 608-477-5825. Thank you and have a good day. 
The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. It's 14 minutes to 6 and 32 degrees. It's time to hear what Scott Herman had going on at Sparta Equity. Slaughter cow market was steady today with 20% of the cows 79 to 87.50. 60% of the cows sold 60 to 78. And 20% of the cows were 59 and down. Slaughter bulls were steady with the high yielding bulls 90 to a dollar. Canner and utility bulls 89 and down. Fed cattle were steady today with the choice overnight beef steers and heifers 138 to 148 and a half. Select to choice beef steers and heifers 125 to 137. Your choice dairy cross steers and heifers 120 to 135. Your choice overnight Holstein steers 123 to 128. Your choice Holstein steers 110 to 122. And a standard to select steers and heifers and heavyweight steers 109 and down. Replacement calves were steady with the top Holstein bull calves a dollar to a dollar seventy. Your Holstein heifer calves ten to a dollar, and the beef calves one seventy to two seventy with no test on the top today. Just a reminder: this Saturday, April second, is going to be our first uh, small animal sale with animals in the barn by nine o'clock, and the sale beginning at ten, ten a.m. here at the Sparta Equity. Thank you. This has been Scott Herman with your Sparta Equity Market Report for Wednesday, March 30th. Have a great day. More markets from the Equity Barn. Let's go over to Stratford. Jerry Fitzgerald is with us. Well, you're white over there, Jerry, this morning? Bob, and good morning to you a little bit. You can tell it's uh, not a real big deal, but it's degrees, so I'm not sure if it's half snow or rain or whatever it is, but uh, just be careful. Uh, yep. This uh, front is pretty well gone through the state already. The you're going east, though, you're going to get wet or snowed on one or the other because there's a lot of stuff going on over there. Yep, it is over that way. But at uh, home, not too bad. Give us some rundown where we're at on Thursday over there at Stratford. Bob, I'll do that. I thank you, and good morning, everyone. A summary from yesterday, Wednesday here at Equity Stratford on the Fed cattle market yesterday. Choice grading Holstein steers were selling from 105 to 120. High yielding choice strictly prime Holsteins from 120 to 130. And select grading cattle under finished cattle, those are below a dollar. On the cow market, cows continue to be mostly steady. Uh, higher yielding Holstein cows yesterday's auction selling from 73 to 83. We've topped out so far this week on the cow market $90. That was on Monday. Uh, most of your cows continue to sell between 59 and 72. Thinner cows, uh, light carcass cows, 59 and below. Bull trade, better quality bulls are at 85 to 105. And light bulls below 80. Calves continue to be very strong in the bull calves and the beef calves. Quality bull calves yesterday, a dollar to 235. Upper calves, not much demand, 40 and below. And beef calves, again, like I said, good demand, 150 up to 330 on yesterday's auction. And we are at Thursday here. We get underway this morning at 11 a.m. Market, uh, market cattle today, including cows, fed cattle, bulls, baby calves, uh, be around 12, 1230 this afternoon. And uh, we invite you folks to take a look at our website. Uh, a lot of special sales coming up here in April, including uh, our next dairy sale, April 5th. We have due, two complete herd dispersals. We have more to say about that tomorrow, but again, uh, two very nice herds. So, folks, uh, take a minute, look at the website. Uh, a good opportunity to buy some real good quality cows. That'll be next Tuesday. Our next feeder sale will be next Wednesday, and uh, that will be a bread beef cow sale also. Bob, with that, we'll turn it back to you, folks. Drive careful this morning, but I think... Uh, I think the roads should be pretty good later on. I don't uh, don't look for much sun today, though, huh? No, not much, but uh, sunny tomorrow, so uh, that'll be a good thing. You enjoy it. We'll talk to you in the morning. All right. Tomorrow's April 1st, Bob, so be careful. Yeah, you too. Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. 32 degrees, looking for about 38 today. And as Jerry just said, if you're going east, be careful because they are getting uh, snow over that way. So uh, be careful up that way. We're going east as far as Thorpe, and that's where we're going to stop. Train Livestock is where we're going. Michelle is with us. Good morning, Michelle. Hey, good morning, Bob. You've been following the weather around the country, uh, all this stuff. Did you ever go to, I'm just thinking of uh, Florida, northern Florida, did you ever, when you were a co-ed uh, young lady with your buddies, load up and uh, put about 10 people in a Nash Rambler and head for Florida? No, never did that. You didn't? 
No, never did. Did you? Uh, did I? No, I never did either. I couldn't afford it. Oh. oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Even when gas was 40 cents a gallon, I could, couldn't afford it <laughs> when I was in well, college. Well, neither could I. Well, there you yeah. go. I thought maybe you'd have uh, some rich boyfriend that would take you down that way. No, no, no. Never experienced any of that. Uh, did your boys Stay ever do that? Right did your boys ever do that? No, because we paid for their college, and I said, if you're going to have us pay for your college, you're not going on spring break. So that's the way that went. Oh, man. Have they ever forgiven you? Uh, listen, I think it was a good thing. I, you know, I think <laughs> that's, that's not a, what I a asked. fun thing. I asked if they ever forgiven you, are... you for well, being such a mean mom. Oh, mean? Mean? Yeah. I stand behind that. I think it's a good thing. <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, but I know, I'm just saying, because there are a lot of kids from around our area, and they're talking tornadoes down around that Panama City area, so... That's a very scary thing. It, it really is. is. It I, really is. I would be a nervous wreck if my kid was down there, but, yeah. you know, hopefully they have their head on their shoulders, and they know a good place to go where it's safe, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. They'll they'll figure it out, and so will we. Hey, how'd the sale go last night? All right, I'll tell you all about it. Thank you, Bob. Coming up the sale from Wednesday, March 30th, at Green Livestock Market in the Slaughterhouse Market, 80% of the cows, so from 60 and above. Market cows were 76 to 86, low yielding cows 64 to 75, thin and weak cows 60 and lower. It, four beef type steers and heifers choice, 120 to 138, blacks from 118 and lower. In the bull market, high yielding beef types came in at 85 to 98, with the utilities at 80 and down. In the replacement calf market, good quality hosting bull calves so from 100 to $205 per head. We topped at 216 with the consignment by Luke Reese of Greenwood. Lighter and lower quality calves, $30 per head and down. Hosting heifer calves were 10 to $40 per head. Beef beef cross calves, 100 to 350 per head. In the hog market, there was no test on the butchers. Sows were 68 to 92. Boars were 33 and a half and down. Our next show will be Monday, April 4th. We'll start with calves at 5 p.m. If you have any questions or you'd like an on-farm visit, give us a call at the market at 715-669-7127. And check us out on the web at tlmsark.com. For all the country and livestock, your family owned in every market. Have a great day. You have a great day, too, and uh, enjoy the little ones today that you got to babysit for. Yeah, I will. They're growing up so fast. It's scary. I know it. I know it. But, that, but they're still fun. Right. Enjoy them. We'll talk to you later on. Sounds good. You take care. There she goes. That's Michelle at Tree Livestock. Of course, they're over there just north of Thorpe. And the market's brought to you by Synergy Co-op. Board of Trade higher yesterday, but uh, lower overnight. July corn this morning, fraction lower at 719. The oats down 15 at 672. I still can't get over oats being <laughs> this price, and they've been that way for a year or two, but uh, wow. Wheat for July down a fraction at 1022. Soybeans down three at 1639. Meal up 90 cents, 467.80. Country elevator prices around the area? Doomer's grain of Holman and Buck Country of Arcadia. Corn is at 663 with soybeans at 1590. Wheat and grain, Chippewa Falls and Connorsville locations. Corn is at 658 and soybeans are at 1580. On the DTN screen, corn at Golden Plump today, 650 a bushel at Baldwin, Elmwood, Fall Creek, 647 and 1569. Corn at Durand is 646, soybeans 1569. At Mondovi, 650 a bushel for the corn, 1569 on the beans. And Osseo, 653 and 1569. Stevens Point, soybeans 1551 today. Elk Mound, 655 in the corn, 1580 for the soybeans. Sparta, 667 and 1576. Ellsworth, corn 642, the beans 1556. Boyceville and Stanley ethanol plants, 675 on the corn to Richmond, 670. Barrel cheese down three, 216. The blocks up a penny, 218. Butter down a half at 271 and a quarter. March class three coming off the board, three cents higher, 2245. April up 17 at 2346. May up 40 at 2390. June up 21, 2373. July up 24 at 2364. Again, 32 degrees right now. We'll get about 38, but uh, the stuff, if you're seeing it flying around this morning, it'll end a little bit later on today. And tomorrow, it's going to be sunny. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.